The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, we have a wonderful show today. I'm very excited because we are going to be interviewing right now Brian Scott. And I should tell you that my husband and I have had Brian Scott in our bedroom every night listening to his meditations on YouTube, which are amazing. And my husband has tinnitus. So if he listens to something, it, it, it doesn't bother him as much. And so we've been listening to him and also listening to him other times, listening to him reading books by Neville Goddard. He has a fabulous voice and uh, it's great for radio, but also it's just very soothing. So I am excited to have you on. I want you to tell a little bit about yourself, Brian, and then we'll talk about it. I just also want to mention he has a new book. The Reality Revolution, The Mind-Blowing Movement to Hack Your Reality by Brian Scott. And I also will give his website, which is therealityrevolution.com. And you can learn more about him at also our website at conflicthealing.com as well. So, Brian, tell a little bit about your background. Well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, my background is uh, I've been in a variety of different jobs, but during that time I've explored consciousness and explored uh, a variety of subjects related to consciousness, such as quantum physics and consciousness and neuro-linguistic programming. And uh, I had a sort of crazy event happen, uh, a near-death experience that really motivated me to turn my life around and explore the ability of my mind to create my own reality and as I developed more and more techniques, I felt this responsibility to help as many people as I could share these techniques because they had helped me so much. And so that's the ultimate fruition of my book and my channel. Yeah. And you start out with your book about this story, a, a frightening story. Can you share that too? Yeah. Um, several <clears throat> years ago, um, my, my football team, the Broncos, uh, they won the Super Bowl, and I was all excited. So when that happens, you sit around watching your team on TV afterwards. And I'm sitting on the couch, and uh, some kids in the neighborhood was were going around robbing houses. And and uh, I probably looked in, and they didn't see me in my bed since I was up late watching the. And so they they started. Uh, you know, I was I hadn't opened the. I had left the back door unlocked, and as I'm sitting there, um, I hear a noise, and I. Uh, walk up and the door kind of scrapes and I see this kid with a gun pointed right at me 
and he pulls the trigger. And I, right before he had done that, I was thought to shut the door and turn and the, and the bullet hit the glass and then hit me in the back and bounced off. Uh, I very easily could have died in that moment if for not for just a few seconds. The whole time I felt like kind of an otherworldly thing, like something was happening, something else was happening. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, after they found these kids and everything, uh, I had noticed major changes in, in the world around me. Uh, enough to that I really questioned my own sanity and went to psychologists and tried mm. to figure out if something had was wrong with my mind or I had suffered from right. some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder because I had seen objects that were missing or things that were showing up that were not mine. And yeah. I, as I, start, I started to think it was a possibility that I had possibly traveled to some other reality um, right. because of these distortions. But I didn't want to go insane. So I went out and <laughs> talked to physics, talked to a bunch of quantum physicists and experts and did a lot of research. And I kind of gathered that in my book uh, with the idea that we may be actually exploring parallel realities on a regular basis and understanding this multidimensional aspect of our consciousness. You can embrace it and use it to change your life. And so that's what I'm, we are starting to hack our reality in understanding this overly bizarre and complex aspect of our own existence. And so that's basically what the, the book is about and, and how I was motivated to start my channel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like the matrix, huh? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it absolutely could be very similar to the matrix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a definite interaction with reality. We're not just experiencing it. We are influencing it. And I've tried to establish that on multiple levels, with multiple ways. Uh, right. Everybody has to come to that realization on their own. Uh, it was just my hope that this book would help them to understand yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I just got it, but I'm so excited to read it because I, I listen to you all the time. And, uh, you know, when I'm putting on my makeup, I'm just finding time to listen. And uh, it's, you just have, I love the insights that you share and how excited you are about Neville Goddard and, and all these people that, that you read that you get excited about. So it gets me excited about it as well. And your book too gets yeah. me excited. I started reading it, so I will definitely read it. So let's talk a little bit about um, what quantum mechanics is. Quantum, back to the earliest quantum physics experiments, they found when observing a particle, they would shoot a light particle between two slits. And when they wouldn't observe it, they could see where the light went because it would it would fan out as if it would go to all the possible locations that it could go. But when they would observe it, it would just end up in one place. And so they had figured out this incredibly mind twisting idea that the observer is create is affecting the light particle. And then Einstein comes along and says, everything is relative to your perception uh, the, the, in the theory of, of relativity. So uh, science is, has documented this and, is constantly twisted by this idea and we haven't really come to the to the forefront of it in that all of our scientific experiments are being influenced by our own minds right. uh, so when we start to look at how quantum physics has tried to understand this uh, we've looked at things like quantum entanglement and i am no quantum physics expert uh, when i go and talk to a physicist and there's some really good ones uh, in irvine there some of the best really? in the world 
Yeah. Uh, but when you go and talk to them, they'll mostly just disregard what I'm saying because it's woo-woo. And a lot of <laughs> physicists don't want to marginalize their own credibility by embracing these kind of concepts. So there's this vacuum in literary and even um, academic research that has occurred in the interactions between consciousness and material objects and reality. Uh, and I try in my book to establish that we are making a mistake by ignoring that and, and, and to show in your life how you're creating reality. Now, they will say that that's only happening on the microcosm, mm. that when you look at that object, it's only happening on the microcosm, but in the macrocosm, nothing changes. I think Einstein actually proposed the idea when we're not looking at the moon, does it still exist okay. using this realization? Um, but as I just, you know, use different experiments and talk about this more on different levels, uh, I seemingly have seen this ability. So what that happens when you look at the, quant the, the double slit experiment, they started to propose the many worlds theory that uh, that light particle goes into multiple, it, it actually does fan out to all those different realities. We're only seeing one of them, but there's actually every single reality exists. Right. It could happen in one or two ways, just an information field where it does exist, but not really exist, but there's the information for it. Uh, when you light a match above a piece of wood, there's the possibility that it'll turn into fire. That exists. You may not light the wood, uh, but then some people say there's actual physical realities. This dynamic, we don't notice. There's a part of our brain that wants to keep us sane, but we're shifting in and out of these realities through our observation. And uh, as we become more and more aware of this, scientists are going to have to start going back and reevaluating all of their old, uh, in medical science, in a variety of different ways, even in interactions with other people. Uh, and so I think we're in, it's just like before in the days when we thought we, that, the, that the universe revolved around us. Right, uh, right. And then imagine when they woke up and said, well, you know, we will revolve around the sun. Yeah. A huge shift and a huge change. That's right. what's happening now. People are starting to embrace the idea that our thoughts create reality. I've noticed a particular shift that has occurred recently where it seems to be quickening. More and more people are aware of it. Something is happening in the world, and it seems like our realities are being created much faster and much more emphatically. It's almost like there's some sort of reality revolution happening. Right. <laughs> the so name of your podcast. And that's <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about with that stuff. So. Yeah. No, I've been a longtime believer in that. I've been a meditator since mm -hmm. I was a sophomore in college. I learned transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And I remember the research that came out of Harvard when I was learning it that you know, the Maharishi would come on the screen and there'd be 50 of us in this room learning about the benefits of, of meditation, not only for our own evolution, but really what, what it did. And there was a, a research at Harvard showing that when a, a large group of people were meditating and meditating on peace, that, that what happened in New York City is that that day that they did it, crime went down to almost zero. Yeah. Yeah. And all sorts of things happened. So especially when you, when you think about you create your reality. Wow, that gives us so much power, right? Can you hear me? Uh-oh. that's. I think it's your internet. Right, my end is working. Everything seems okay. Okay, yeah. there, there you came back. You just froze I, up. So you said when you think about it, keep going. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness, this is going to be hard to edit. But when you do think about it, look Mm -hmm. at the power that we have as human beings to affect our reality. And I know for myself, before I walk into a mediation of people who are in conflict, Mm -hmm. I visualize and I send energy to Mm -hmm. see them all shaking hands at the end or hugging or whatever it is or agreeing. I see them with smiles on their faces and it really, I go in with that attitude and somehow it seems to affect that. We do get a resolution. Now speaking to the skeptic out there, there's somebody watching (laughs) this right now that's saying, well, that doesn't have anything. But even if you don't believe in science and all this stuff, your attitude in that mediation affects everything. So if you visualize, visualize this, the way that you talk with those people is going to change. There's an expectation that you guys can mediate right. and get along. It right. affects your psychological well-being and the words that you say. Mm-hmm. So there is more to it. We're not necessarily all talking about some woo-woo that we can't necessarily prove. There is something very powerful about when you change your attitude, even when they do, when when people go in expecting that they're going to mediate and resolve this conflict, they look for ways to resolve it. Uh, So there, you can always trace everything back to some thought that you had. It doesn't necessarily mean it's out there, but it's, it's, it's in here and it still affects what you say and do. I agree with that 100%. It's a big thing that we've ignored in the past. Hopefully and you, you talk about um, you talk about a wishful filled that Neville Goddard, and then he was back in the what the early nineteen hundreds, right? Neville yeah, Goddard. Neville Goddard's in the thirties through the seventies in that period of time. Yeah, yeah, right. and he talked about wishes fulfilled and about the way you yeah. think. Talk a little bit about him because I know you're very excited about him, and you got me very excited too. Yeah. So. I am like many people, uh, when I would hear somebody on the radio and they're all biblical, quoting biblical passages, I'm out. Yeah, I don't right. want to listen. Um, there's a block, even if they're saying something that's, that, that's, that has some resonance to it. Yeah, because it sounds like they're preaching, right? And you don't right. want to be preached to, right? Yeah. I think that's a common thing. Uh, there, that Neville Goddard has unopened up the Bible to me and helped me to understand it, giving you the idea that all that stuff didn't necessarily happen. A lot of people get caught up in, oh yeah, there was no flood or they can't prove that. It's not about that. The stories in the Bible are, uh, it's an elaborate biography of your soul and the states that you go through. And then once you have this new understanding of what the Bible really is, according to his translation, then everything changes. It's a guide on how you can achieve your goals, to overcome marital problems, how to overcome fears. It's this incredible guide that, that outlines why you're here, what you're doing, how to, what roadblocks that you'll have. And so that's exciting. He also explored and explains how the Bible essentially gives us the power to travel through these parallel realities by assuming in, that you're in that reality now. When you right. go to bed, if you're imagining that you're in it now, not someplace in the future, then it's almost like you start moving towards this reality. You start opening up the possibilities of it being real. If I want to go to Hawaii, if I lay in bed tonight and imagine I'm in Hawaii right now and I can hear, I can hear the ocean waves and I can smell the, that and, and feel the, the humidity of Hawaii and I get that wonderful feeling, I go to sleep like that, 
something happens. Hey, we got a free trip for you to go to Hawaii or somebody right. we got a free house. It, it most bizarre. You create, you create that reality. It kind right. of attracts it to you. Right. And I think the other thing that he's talks about, cause I listened to you reading him is like, you know, and, and other, other authors that I've read is like, we have that divine presence within us. So yes. God creates, and we are like the I am, the I am presence. Right. That I am creates whatever is happening in my life. Right. And so that's another thing that, you know, right. that just well, pulls Neville it all Goddard, together. Neville Goddard was pretty radical for what he was saying back yeah. then. It's amazing he was getting up and, but he was saying, you are God. Right. Not, not just that, you know, he's saying that the, and within you is God. Not the ego, not the ego. Not, not the ego, but God is you awakening. Right. And uh, we're all God. And we we're made in, in that image, right? Right. Uh, but there's, a, there's a, always that initial, oh, that's, that's sacrilegious. Right. And there's right. A, everybody has a response or some explanation because it sounds so radical. But he was absolutely, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. God is not a singular being. God right. is plural. In, the, in Genesis, it was originally plural, the word right. God was, and that we are all made up of this thing. And so a lot of people re read it, and it really empowers them and gives them a way of understanding what they're going on in the world and how they influence it. The wonderful thing about Neville Goddard is he explores how when you imagine for other people, right. how you can change their lives. And it is so true. We, we, we see the, the drunk on the corner and we say, oh, he's just a drunk. But if we st stop and imagine that person being uh, healed, and then all of a sudden we find out that they went into rehab and they're doing great. Yeah. You know, your, your assumptions about people will cement them in the reality that they're in. It's like, it's like when they say prayer works, you know, like, yeah. um, like Lynn McTaggart. I don't know if you know who she I is. but Lynn Yeah, Lynn. Yeah. I had her on the show, The Power of Eight. But when you have people together and they're praying, they're seeing it. We see you healed. We see every cell of your body re renewed, restored, revitalized. Um, and you see it right then and there. And you make prayer an affirmative prayer. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah. miracles happen. So we have this incredible power that I just love that you talk about all the time on YouTube and stuff because, and in your book. Because mm -hmm. that is the reality. And if more people, I mean, what does it hurt to believe it? It doesn't cost you a penny, right? No. <laughs> and and, and what, are the, what are the benefits? My God, what are the right. benefits? If you think about being healed, if we think about all of us praying that the coronavirus goes away and never comes back, right? Right. Or right. Just, just an awakening for everybody that, that, whether it's racism or whatever that we see things yeah. i mean together that's the beauty of it that yeah. that one of us can do that but if all of us are doing this just yeah. imagine the power of it so amazing yeah. it is uh, absolutely true and what neville goddard was proposing uh it's still uh, an amazing idea when you think that you can change what other people are doing and we can come together ultimately as a group. Um, you, you've mentioned that a couple of times and I was really excited this last Saturday to 
have a global peace meditation. We had 7,000 people. Wow. And Saturday was a seemingly peaceful day when it could, on the whole planet, you know, I've kind of looked yeah. around to see, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I noticed, hey, you know, they had, there was a, there was a speech in Tulsa. There was nothing. There was no riots that occurred Right, there. they were peaceful. Yeah. I, I want to believe that, that we had an effect. And, and how exciting that if we come together, and I do think we're coming to an age right now where there's a sort of oneness. We have a knowledge of something more. When we see someone else, we see ourselves. And you, you can see it in the way that politics and the media, people are more intense about things because they see themselves in everybody. So when in the past, if you saw some tragic injustice, well, that just happened to somebody else. But yeah. now, and so in, if you think about it, you look back, if so, there's some injustice happens. The family's always going to be there saying, how dare they do this? This is terrible. Or somebody right. personally involved would come forward and they would start a movement. But everybody else was seemingly more. But now everybody's acting like it happened to them. And so well, on, like when we saw George Floyd yeah. die, all of us could relate to every single one of us, even yes. our dogs and cats breathe. Yeah. So when you feel you can't breathe, everybody has that fear of not being able to right. breathe. I could feel the, the knee on my neck. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So that is a different, we, I don't think I've ever seen in my lifetime this sort of response. And I believe it's because we are, it's, we're evolving into a, a, a state of love and understanding as we come into grip with these incredible powers that we have. It's all kind of related and right. it's exciting. And some yeah. people don't like it, but it's, it is what it is. It's going to keep... Well, going. I think we have this duality going on, right? There is always this duality, yeah. There, yeah, there's these people who are fighting everything that we're right. thinking about right now and saying, that's baloney, that's woo-woo, that's this. But right. like you said, there's all this scientific evidence that is proving... I remember, the, and I forgot, you may know the man's name, the Japanese scientist who had right. uh, glasses of water. Right. And Dr. one glass, you know, yeah. he, yeah, he, he said, you're bad, you're gross, you're this, right. you're that. And the other one, you're beautiful. And then he took the crystals and put it under a magnifying glass and uh, could see that the water that was talked to sweetly and lovingly and all that was like crystals and beautiful. The other one was black underneath. And so, it makes you think about what food we're eating and the water we're drinking all the time. Yes. If we're walking around with anxiety and fear, we're drinking right. it. So no wonder we're getting sick. If we're constantly drinking and eating our fear, we don't right. take responsibility for our thoughts in the food we eat, in the clothes we wear, in, in the air that we're breathing. And, right. and so um, that's part of the message of the book. And what I'm trying to say is uh, we're a lot more interconnected with the world around us. And we must take responsibility for our thoughts because what happens if we don't, we're letting the, the, the sort of group mind out there that's, that doesn't care think for us. And that is thinking about diseases and accidents and chaos. And, and hate. So, and hate, right. Yeah, yeah, right. all that stuff. Uh -huh. So how is it, you know, I, I want to know how we can actually hack our subconscious so that we can, you know, I mean, all of us come from things that, you know, didn't have a perfect childhood. I mean, right. there's, you know, I have a, my dear friend can't seem to find the right man, you know, right. you know, so what are the, you know, how can we hack into that subconscious so we can release ourselves of the things that are holding us back? It's a great question. And there's a lot to it. And I'm, it seems like I'm exploring it on almost every episode. <laughs> Neville Goddard starts with the feeling is the secret. 
Right. The subconscious communicates with feeling. Uh, and and we, we, it's like we have a direct connection with the subconscious when we're going to sleep and when we're waking up. So those sleep meditations are so powerful because that's when it, hey, it's, if I mentioned in the book, if you ever saw the movie Lady Hawk, where it, it, like uh, the, this, this couple is cursed and she's a human during the day and he's a human during the night. And he's a wolf at night. She's a bird. But with <laughs> it, during dusk, that one time they could meet each other and see each other, that lover, they were wow. together. Well, it's kind of like what's going on with our subconscious. We're, we have this time. We need to communicate with our subconscious, but, but we have to communicate in what we want to experience by envisioning it in the moment. And so people don't know how to speak to their subconscious. And for me, everybody's a little different. I use repetition uh, because repetition has been around programming my subconscious my whole life. So the only thing I can do is I, I, my subconscious might say, well, that's interesting, but you've been saying for years this other thing. Right, right. You have to kind of overpower right. it. So I have to, no, that's not true. You gotta listen. So those eight-hour sleep meditations for me oh, work. I uh, love them. But hypnosis works. Uh, and so a variety of different things are very effective in dealing with the subconscious. Everybody seems a little bit different. Uh, but once it's interesting, this author I, I've talked about on the podcast, Dolores Cannon, she would do these hip, deep hypnosis regressions, very, very effective. And she could talk to the subconscious as a separate entity. She'd be like, okay, I'd like to talk to the subconscious. And the subconscious <laughs> would start talking to her and saying, well, yeah, they've been doing this and that. So we need to understand that there, this aspect of us, you know, in reality, transurfing, another thing I talk about in the book, yeah. They say that it's a coordination between the heart and the mind. Right. Right. The right. heart is just as much of a brain yes. as the mind. And the heart really, really is a key to the subconscious. It has an access to that field of possibilities. But the mind does ignores it. The, it's kind of the same duality we're dealing with in the world and we see in the world. is The mind has its facts and figures and it says, oh, you don't know anything. But the heart knows all, but it doesn't really want to communicate with the mind. And, so if we can kind of create a relationship between our heart and mind and they link together, imagine it like a light that's spread out or a laser that's focused in. So when our heart and mind are together, it, we become completely different. We start to affect the outside world and we have an influence on our subconscious. And as Dr. Joseph Murphy clearly showed, when you control or affect your subconscious, anything is possible. And maybe that right. is the God self within us. It, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that right. that higher self is that unconscious, you know, it's definitely right. not our ego, right? It's our right. ego gets in the way of, of really understanding. I mean, that's why I like to meditate, because when I get into meditation, then I'm not, I'm not my ego. Right. I'm, I'm not anybody, you know, I'm just there. And I have, I have found I don't want to completely downplay my ego. It's always going to be there. Well, yeah, I mean, we obviously God gave it to us for a reason, right? Right. So, but the <laughs> ego needs to be uh, understanding the heart, and 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 there is a point that I've reached where I felt like my ego was like, okay, um, by by abandoning myself, I'm I can ruling the show, myself. right? <laughs> and if by, is your by, higher self using the show or not? Right. right? But if and I can have running. a relationship with my ego in a in a powerful way and say, look, you don't know everything. You don't know everything, right. but I love you just as much that you've gotten me all this way. I don't want to denigrate you right. and say that you're terrible. Right. Sometimes right. that makes a mistake. But when I do that, uh, there's, there's, it's a very effective and powerful thing. Um, and, and as Neville Goddard and all these people say, don't believe me. Test this stuff out. Do 
do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's saying that you have to believe me. It's just have faith in what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. All of the stuff in my book, all the stuff Neville Goddard and Dr. Joseph Murphy and all these great new thought leaders from the past and the future were saying is don't believe me. Go and test this stuff out. Go and, and do these experiments with your consciousness and watch what happens. And every time I have somebody go and do that, they will report, they will report changes in their life. And that's right. what's so exciting. I'm not just- It's beautiful, but we are out of time. We could go for hours, couldn't we? Yeah, I just love it. So I just want to say, um, you know, have you give us your website and also the name of your book, The Reality Revolution, The Mind-Blowing Movement to Hack Your Reality by Brian Scott. Also, you can listen to him, but give your website and then it's time to go. Uh, the website's therealityrevolution.com. Very good. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to have you. It was nice to meet you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Don't be the lamb's cry, be the lion's roar. Cause love is worth fighting for, I know. Love is worth fighting for Love is worth fighting